Yo, what's shaking, bacon? This is Tyler. We're back here with another book club reading Devin Olson's Tactical Fly Fishing. This is book club number six, number six. And we are talking about Euro nymphing tips. And these tips are for people that have a little bit more experience with Euro nymphing. These are not, this is not a how to Euro nymph or a beginner Euro nymphing kind of chat tutorial type deal. This is more, a little bit more advanced tips for those that already have some backstory uh, or background in Euro nymphing. So if you are new to Euro nymphing or don't know too much, this is probably not the podcast for you, though there is some def- definite valuable information for all types of fishing, to be honest. And uh, I will try to do a more basic uh, how-to nymphing kind of deal in the future, video, podcast, all that jazz. Uh, but like I said, this is a more advanced type talk. So let's get into it. So the big thing with Euronymphing uh, is with dealing with spooky trout is fishing upstream is usually best when trout are spooky. And that goes for dry fly fishing, for indicator nymphing, for Euronymphing. But the big setback for fishing upstream is that line management is a lot harder. And typically that's because you're fishing a lot farther away from you. The current is bringing the line back to you, so you typically have to pick up uh, more line when you're fishing directly upstream or slightly angled upstream than you would if you were fishing across. Uh, and you can do this through stripping your line through your, your hand or uh, uh, almost like a hand coil type movement. Both are effective. Um, I, I believe Devin talks about how one's better than the other in a couple of his videos, but whatever you can do to pick up slack the best way possible, whatever is easiest for you, you got to pick it up. Also, uh, and I have this in all caps, set downstream. Uh, All summer when I was guiding and whenever, you know, I see somebody fishing or when I take somebody out, the biggest mistake I see people make when you're in a thing or when fishing any type is setting the wrong way. So when you think about how a fish is sitting in the water, a fish can only breathe when the water comes in through its mouth and then out through its gills. Therefore, it must be sitting facing the current in order to breathe, unless it's swimming uh, along, obviously. But for the most part in a river system, the fish is going to be sitting upstream facing the current. So by setting downstream, you're setting that hook into the fish. And when you set upstream or directly up, you're essentially pulling the fly out of the mouth of the fish. So try to set that hook downstream. Also, when it comes to casting your urinimping rig, limit the rod movement, especially towards the beginning of the drift. You know, if you're all over the place in the beginning of the drift and you're, and you're not tight to that nymph as soon as it hits the water, you're potentially messing with the sink rate of the fly. You're potentially missing strikes right off the beginning. And, you know, if, if you move your tip up while your flies are sinking, you're essentially stopping the movement of the flies, which can be beneficial if you're trying to fish a little shallower in the column. But if you're really trying to get down right away and get contact right away towards the bottom, make sure that you're keeping that rod tip still at the end of your cast, whether you're throwing a tuck cast or a normal cast. Keep it still uh, because you don't want to be vulnerable to this mistake, especially because that sudden drop movement or a sudden elevated movement, uh, and we'll talk about jigging flies here in a second, but that, that sudden movement of smack in the water and going downstream or vice versa is, is typically a good time to entice a fish to take, and you definitely don't want to be missing these takes. Uh, like I said, the more upstream the cast, the more slack you're going to have to manage. And, you know, this right here is, is probably the biggest takeaway I've gotten from this book so far. It's just a little quote um, that boils down to the word move. 
uh, and, and it goes like this. This is quote directly taken out of the book. In order to fully cover a piece of water, your feet need to move upstream and or across repeatedly, shifting different points of the U to new water. So he talks about in the book how typically when you're fishing, you're fishing in a big U where your flies start at the surface of the water, they sink, they achieve maximum depth, and then towards the end of the drift, they U back up towards the surface. And so I don't know about you, but I'm not the most patient person in the world. However, I've been practicing patience uh, kind of by being impatient almost. And that impatience can actually be a good thing because you don't constantly want to be standing in one spot, making the same cast over and over again. That's not super beneficial. It's, uh, it's not, you know, typically you're not going to catch a fish on the, the 50th of the same drift. It's just not likely. The chances are if you do, something about that drift was different. And to make each drift different, you can approach or make the U hit at a different spot. So you, a fish might be triggered uh, by a certain point on that U. So if you think of a U as an infinite amount of points, uh, ever increasing and smaller, it may be one particular point of that U which triggers the fish or one particular section of the U that triggers those fish. So if you're constantly moving your feet by like half a foot, a few inches, you're changing the position of that U and, and just that little bit change in drift could be beneficial. And like I said, being impatient, uh, you can still fish the same water and be impatient, but you're just every few casts, you're moving your feet. And so while you, it seems like to a normal angler that you're staying in one spot, uh, you're actually fishing a different spot each time you move your feet. Uh, and this for me has been kind of the biggest tip that I've taken away from this book and something that I've applied most often to my fishing since reading this. Uh, and it's something that has made fishing honestly a lot more enjoyable uh, because, you know, each time I move, I realize that, hey, I'm fishing the same water, but it's fished differently. Uh, and there's benefits to that. Uh, and, you know, there's also a mindset to that where it's like, hey, you know, I'm not just doing the same thing. Like there's no hope. I already fished this. No, it's like, no, this is new water. And I got to give this my bath. I got to stay focused and uh, and go after it. And so that's, that's really beneficial. And I, I've really enjoyed doing that. Um, so when you don't, and then not fishing upstream, you know, you can also fish down and across. Uh, swinging your flies up. Uh, I'm going to make a video on this soon, talking about which hooks kind of benefit uh, when you're fishing below you down and across like that. So there is a difference, believe it or not. And then before changing your flies, try that. Try some jigging motions with your nymphs or streamers. Um, you know, like I said, when your flies hit the water and they make that downward jump, you know, they're susceptible to their take because, you know, this can also often be kind of a uh, uh, enticing to the fish and so try jigging the fish the nymphs upstream and then letting them drop back and in, in both the upstream or not both the upward movement and the downward jig are enticing and you could potentially pick up some extra fish that you didn't catch just doing a old dead drift um, so a few things you can do with your own effing rig you can adjust depth without changing the fly and this is one of my favorite things about a urine nymphing rig is that you don't have to constantly be adding split shot, constantly be changing your flies to get different depths, to get different weights. Um, you can leave the same weight flies and achieve different depths and cover a variety of different water types and water depths. So the first thing is your is your is your change your casting length. The more time, the more far the farther upstream you make your cast, the longer your nymphs have to sink. So you can achieve greater depth with lighter nymphs, which of course beneficial. Uh, you can change your sighter angle. So you're, the shallower 
uh, your cider or the closer your cider is angled to the water, the more acute, there's a word, the angle, uh, the slower the sink time, the shallower it covers. So if you have a heavy nymph in shallow water, you almost want to get that cider as parallel to the water surface as possible. And the deeper the water, the more vertical, the more perpendicular to the water surface you want to get that cider. You can also change your cider elevation. You know, how, how close your cider is to the water determines depth. So if you're in a deep run, you can actually even let your cider sink down deep into the water to achieve extra depth. Uh, if that's beneficial and that's what you need to do to get reach the depth where the fish are. Or you can hold it higher and cover shallower water. You can also change the angle entry of the flies, and this is often used in a tuck cast. We use this a lot on the East Coast, where you stop your rod tip high. This lets your flies fly out, and they essentially land almost as if you threw them and they fell vertically in the water. And that's how you can achieve depth quicker. Uh, if you need to achieve a shallower depth, you kind of let the rod tip go lower so more tippet hits the water. Uh, it's more of a flatter cast, and that tippet hitting the water actually slows the descent of the flies. Uh, so when you think about when you're, when you're tying a fly on and you drop it, how you drop that fly, and even in fast water, a light fly will sink directly to the bottom when you drop it, and that's because there's nothing holding it down. There's no drag from that line. So this is basically what you're trying to uh, mimic when you're making a tuck cast. And then lastly, uh, dealing with the wind when you're your nymphing can be extremely frustrating. Extremely frustrating. Uh, but there is a few ways of dealing with this. Uh, the first is fishing heavier flies than normal. You can kind of balance out that wind, kind of, um, you know, kind of like a teeter-totter and balancing act, add heavier flies so the, it holds your rig a little bit more stable in the water. You can also lower your rod tip closer to the water. This exposes less of your leader to the wind, less surface area for the wind to move that leader around and mess with your drift. And lastly, you can fish more upstream. And that's because when you're up, you fish up and across or directly across, um, your, your line is in different wind seams. There's more surface area, more different points of your leader exposed to the wind. But when you fish upstream, you're kind of keeping it all in the same wind, wind seam in the same plane. So this can be beneficial and actually make it easier for you to fish into the wind. And trust me, the wind is frustrating when you're, you're a nymphor. So that's going to do it for this book club, guys, though. I uh, hope you guys learned something. Uh, definitely important tips. The feet one is a big one. That's been a big one for me lately. If you did enjoy, please like and subscribe to the podcast. And we'll be back here with another book club very soon. In the meantime, tight lines, stay safe. And we'll see you in the next one.